0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners today, and it's what a blessing it is to be able to be together, open up God's Word, and dig a little, di- a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans ten and verse seventeen. So these times together, as we get into God's Word, they're important for our personal spiritual development, because faith comes, again, by getting into God's Word, learning, understanding, believing, and then putting into practice through obedience what we learn from those teachings and truths that God has communicated to us in Scripture, the Bible. We want to encourage you to encourage others to tune in to search the scriptures, but we also want to encourage you to come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 930 followed by worship at 10.30, and then Sunday evening, we come back together for a period of worship at 6 o'clock. On Wednesday evenings, right in the middle of the week, good time to stop and kind of get our spiritual batteries recharged, so to speak, we meet together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services. We, we know that uh, many people listen. We, we hear from many of you. And we're so thankful that a number of you have actually, well, quite a number of you have actually come and checked us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Many have stayed with us and continued to study and grow spiritually. We hope, we pray that that's what you will do. Now, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So don't send us any love offering, as some radio broadcasters put it, or some kind of special donation, and then we'll send you something free. That doesn't sound free to us. Just click on the podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. It will always be free. And then you will receive on your smart device, whether that's your smartphone or computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, you will automatically receive Search the Scriptures every Monday through Friday. And you can listen to it at your convenience and not be limited to whenever you can pick it up and your time and your schedule permits. It'll be there every day. You can listen to it as you have the opportunity. You'll also receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I really think is a real gem, and it's a a short daily Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so long each day, seven days a week, that we call today's Bible class. I really do think that's a gem. All of that will automatically go to your smart device, smartphone, or whichever one you choose. So go to our website, churchofchrist.com, today, and sign up for our podcasting. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about power, but we're talking about a specific power and focus in, of power, and that is the power to face life successfully. You know, there's so many people out there groping around trying to figure it out. What do I do? How do I get through life? How do I deal with this problem or that problem? Life throws at us a lot of curves. Now, there are times that every one of us experience wherein our life is just going great. I mean, it is super. And we feel good. We feel high about it. But then something happens, one of those curves that life throws at us, And everything seems to be turned upside down almost instantly. Now, it could be illness, injury, financial setback, loss of a job. We could have a problem with a relationship that develops, and now it really becomes critical. It could be the death of a loved one or an emotional stress or maybe some other kind of health problem or physical problem. And you can name others on the list as well. But all of a sudden, something seems to turn our life virtually upside down and almost in an instant. Well, many people, they try to deal with those circumstances by seeking professional help of some kind. Maybe a doctor. Maybe a counselor. Maybe seeking a friend who has gone through something similar in their lives, asking for their advice, their guidance. Some people, they just try to deal with it on their own, tough it out, so to speak. And a lot of times that may just extend the length of that problem that they're trying to deal with and overcome. But there are a lot of people who they don't try to really fix the problem or deal with it or learn how to deal with it. They they try to hide from it through alcohol and drugs, maybe some other avenues where they can cloud their their mind, their perception, and and just escape for a period of time. But that does not really deal with the problem. It really just makes matters worse because now they've got another problem, the addiction. Well, so what do we do? What do we do? We talked about this at some length in the introduction to this particular study, and I shared with you what the Apostle Paul learned in his life. Again, some people would say, he was an apostle. He was a gospel preacher. Preachers don't know nothing about life, how we have to live it. Oh, yes, they do. And let me tell you, the apostle Paul went through a whole lot of hard knocks, but every preacher does. Every Christian does, just like you, just like everybody else you know. We all, have to face those struggles in life, because that's life in this world. What did the Apostle Paul learn? Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11, he said, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. First step in the process of finding the power to face life successfully. I learned to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be abased. That is, I I know what it's like when things are really tough. And I know how to abound. Yeah, I've experienced times when life was just great everywhere. And in all things, Paul said, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, to have plenty and to not have enough to eat on an ongoing basis, both to be, both to suffer, uh, rather both to abound and to suffer need. Again, I know how to be up, and I know what it's like to be down. And then his conclusion, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God guided Paul to write those words. To share with us, you and me, and everybody alive in every generation until the Lord comes again, what Paul learned, he enlightens us in that our greatest power to succeed, to cope, to effectively deal with life's challenges is found in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's not preacher talk. That is reality. Don't let the devil get you off track. Cloud your spiritual vision or plant doubts in your mind that somehow become effective enough that you don't do what you need to do. You don't turn to where you need to turn. And that is to God through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, let's look at the first step or section, if you want to think of it that way, in the equation, the first part of that equation. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Content. What do we as human beings in this world generally think of when things go tough, bad, challenging, When all of a sudden things are hard, when our life gets turned upside down, most of the time, don't we think about money? If I could only get more money, that'd fix things. I'd be able to deal with things. I'd be able to fix things myself. uh, Money's the answer. Money's not the answer. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. You see, we really tie what we think will bring happiness and fulfillment in life to having enough money to do that. We want that flat screen TV, that giant flat screen TV, We want that new car with all the new bells and whistles. We want that big house. We want the clothes with all the right tags on them. We want everything that is material. Or we want a whole lot of money in our bank account so that we can buy whatever we want whenever we want it. And that's going to take care of everything. That's going to bring us happiness and fulfillment in life. No, won't do it. Jesus said one's life is not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. What happens when we think, if I just had that, if I could buy that, if I could obtain that, well, then I'd, I'd be happy. No? Because you find yourself wanting more after that, don't you? That gets a little old, and so you want, you want something else. No? It's not in the abundance of the things which we possess. When we look at John chapter 15 and verse five, or I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter six is where I wanted to go next. Matthew chapter six and verses 19 through 20. Here, Jesus tries to steer us away from that mindset that all we need is more money. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus says, here's here's what you need to keep in mind. This life is not about primarily money and the things money can buy. But that's where so much of humanity's focus is. Getting more, saving more, spending more, getting a bigger income. If I just had more money, that would solve everything. Jesus says, that's not where it's at. Your treasure ought to be in heaven. You ought to be focused on your spiritual life primarily, on spiritual treasure, an eternal home in heaven. And money is not going to buy you that. That giant flat screen TV is not going to get you to heaven. Neither is that brand new car. Neither is that big home with 12 rooms and four bathrooms. That's not going to get you to heaven. Having all the right clothes with all the right tags on them, that's not going to buy you an entrance into heaven. A big bank account, huge 401k, that's not going to get you into heaven. Not going to allow you to cross the pearly gates or cross through the pearly gates into the heavenly streets. Not going to work. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. Nothing wrong with having a lot of the luxuries that money can buy. But if that's our primary focus in life, if that's where we, th- that's where we think real success and happiness and fulfillment is going to come from, we're missing the mark. Our mind's out of focus. That's not going to get us to heaven. But now, if God blesses us in those ways materially, and we use them with the right focus and the right purpose to serve God and bring him glory in whatever, we can, whatever way we can through those means, well, God can use those blessings to help us along the way. But money in itself, all the things that money can buy, that's not where eternal security is found, not at all. And we need to remember what Jesus said in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 6 there, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And a whole lot of people, God's not in their head, but money is. A bigger truck, a fancier car, more expensive clothes, belonging to the right clubs. That's where their heart is. That's where their treasure is. That's where their heart is. It's not on God. It's not on heaven. It's not on eternal life. The Hebrews writer wrote this in Hebrews chapter 13, and we look at verses 5 and 6, and this is what he said. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, let your conduct be without covetousness. Now, what did Jesus say back in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15? Don't be covetous. What does that word covetous mean? Probably not a word we use in our common conversation every day. In fact, a lot of us would probably have to scratch our head and say, you know, I don't know that I've ever used that word. Covetous. What does that mean? It means greed, bottom line. To covet something is to want it badly. And a lot of people covet something that somebody else has. And they resent that person for having it when they don't. And they think, I can't have it because I haven't got enough money. But that person has it. Why should they have it and I shouldn't? And a lot of times covetousness, a sin within itself, leads us to commit other sins, such as stealing, even murder, to get what somebody else has or to get something that we don't have. But bottom line, we're talking about greed. And so just as Jesus says, put away covetousness, because one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. So the Hebrews writer says here, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. There's that same statement Paul said, I learned in whatever state I am to be content. The Hebrews writer says the same thing. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? If we've got our lives focused on that right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then we can have confidence that God will see us through. Now, we may not get those fancy clothes with all the right tags. We may not get that big truck or that brand-new fancy car. We may not get the 12-room house with four bathrooms. We may not ever own a house at all. We may... Never be able to shop anywhere but someplace like Walmart or or, uh, Target. But that's okay. God's got a home prepared for us in a city with golden streets. In a city where there are no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more dying. A place where we will live forever in the bliss of his presence. God has that waiting for us, and that's more valuable than anything this world has to offer. But if we're not careful, we'll let the devil cloud our vision into thinking, money, things, will solve my problem or my problems, whatever they might be. And that's a lie. That's deception. That won't get us to heaven. Paul says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. How many times have we observed people who had a lot of money, people who were wealthy, but they seemed to find happiness on a consistent basis elusive in their lives? How many times have we heard news reports of somebody who was wealthy, had millions and millions of dollars, maybe tens of millions, but they committed suicide? Or if they didn't commit suicide, they stayed stayed drunk a lot of the times or high on illicit drugs. Why would they need those addictions if money in itself was going to give them fulfillment and happiness. You see, it doesn't work that way. Some people go from illicit sexual relationship to illicit sexual relationship to illicit sexual relationship thinking, you know, this is what's going to make me happy, but it doesn't. And they keep looking. They keep moving. No. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Contentment. I may not have a whole lot materially. I may not have a whole lot of money financially. But I can be content in what I do have and where I'm at. That doesn't mean I don't want to try to do better, try to progress, but I can be content all along the way because God will be with me and I know where I'm going. I know what's waiting for me. Let's pray. Father, we need your guidance and your wisdom as human beings. So many people, they're looking in all the wrong places for what you have in your open hands waiting for them if they'll just come to you through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to keep that in, our, in the front of our foresight, always, and help people to open their eyes to that reality and that truth. You will be there with us. You will never leave us as long as we never walk away from you. Help people to understand and open their hearts and submit to your will. We pray this, Father. And we pray, Father, for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.